beautiful soul, if anyone tells you that because you're struggling to love yourself that no one else will love you, you tell them that Stephanie, the life architect, told them that they're a goddamn liar. Your birthright is love. You do not have to know how to love yourself for someone else to be able to love you. Now, whether you will know how to receive that love and reciprocate that love, that's a separate story. But being loved, you were born into love. You were born as a human being deserving, worthy of someone loving you. We can work on learning how to receive the love. We can work on learning how to reciprocate the love. We can work on learning how to honor the love. But I want you to know that even if you do not feel that you love yourself the way you should be loving yourself, that does not mean that you are not worthy of someone loving you. I said what I said. Beautiful soul unicorns. No, 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 no. Nope. It's Stephanie, the life architect. Oh, hell no. How about no? No, 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 no. Hell no. Hashtag ISN pod. Yeah 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 Hi gorgeous. Hi you beautiful being. You beautiful internal external being. Welcome. Welcome to I said no. Yes, this is I Said No, the podcast. And I, I, who am I? I am Stephanie, the life architect. Yes, the emotional health specialist, the CEO of Better Life Choices of New York. Hashtag BLCNY. What is BLCNY, you ask? BLCNY is an emotional architectural firm. That is where I build, I customize, I design healthy emotional lives. How do I do that? I do that through coaching, life coaching. I do that through keynote speaking. Also, through podcasting. Yes, I'm a podcaster, and you are listening to one of my podcasts. This one, as I said, is called I Said No. Hashtag ISNPod. That is ISNPOD. Welcome to another episode. Hello. Hello. How are you? What are you doing? Where you're at? How you feeling? How's your happiness doing? I. I'm so excited to be here with you today. This is episode two of I Said No Podcast. Mm -hmm. Episode two. It's a little different from episode one. I'm a little calmer. I'm a little bit more settled. I'm a little bit more in my groove. I'm a little bit less, less, less stressed out. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't have as much self-doubt as I did. Remember, I said it was about my, my self-doubt tank was about a, a, a quarter full. We down to about 5% today. Today is a new day. Who I was then is not who I am now. Isn't that magical? Isn't life amazing? When we take a beat and take a deep breath and affirm ourselves and tell ourselves we are enough and we show up again and again and again until we attempt to perfect our craft and get to the best place possible, to the better place, then to the best place. That's where I am today. Are you loving yourself, beautiful soul? Mm. How are you loving yourself? How does loving yourself look for you? Today loving myself means I took a day off of work, mm -hmm. off of my nine to five. Because let me tell you, this entrepreneurial life, ooh -hoo -hoo. for me, it comes with a nine to five as of now. Yeah. 
I am not yet at the financial place where I feel that I can sustain the current lifestyle that I am used to living or better than that without the nine to five. Yes, I am getting checks for my coaching and speaking. Uh-huh, I am. But as an entrepreneur knows that if you're not working, you don't eat. Unlike a nine to five where you are getting a steady paycheck weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly, when you are your own boss, when you are working for yourself, there is um, just you, you know? There is this glossy, filtered, manufactured idea of entrepreneurial life thanks to social media. And while it has its moments and photo shoots and filters and events and champagne and, you know, networking, <clears throat> excuse me, and brunches and all of those things, there is another side to it. The real side to it that after the events are done and the checks are cashed, it's working to get another check. And sometimes they're few and far between and sometimes they're consecutive. I know for me, I have a roller coaster. There are times where I am booked to capacity, honey, booked, BBP, blessed, booked and paid. And then there are times that they're all low. You know, I'm in between the BBP or the BBP is not as high as it was for a certain for a certain time, for a certain shift, for a certain moment. So it fluctuates. And still that steady stream of income comes in, which I believe we should all have more than one, no matter if you're an entrepreneur or a person who is happy just having an individual job. I do believe that it is important to have more than one revenue source, no matter how you do it, when those several revenue sources align. Mm-hmm. And when one is slow and one is having its off season, the other one has its peak season. This is why coaching has a high season and speaking has a high season and a few other things that I'm attempting to get into. I'm trying to cover all bases for all seasons. So in loving myself, knowing that it is easy for me to wear myself out, to set the healthy boundary that I said no is all about. I said no today to showing up to my nine to five. Oh, hell no. Yep, I said no today to showing up for someone else. Today I said, hold on, let me open my smoothie. I said no today to showing up to work or be present for anyone else other than myself. I set my boundary. I said no. I sent an email at 6.30 in the morning and rolled over and went right back to sleep. And now, now I am doing what I love. I am here talking to you. Hmm. I said no. What did you say no to today? What have you been preparing to say no to? I want to know what needs to hear a no from you. To all my new listeners, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to I Said No. Here we will say no to things that no longer serve us. Here we will say no. No, 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 no thank you. Nah, I'm good. We cool. Mm -mm. We will set those boundaries and say no in order to stop all of the things that are blocking and clogging and filling up the spaces where our yeses are supposed to be flourishing. Welcome. Welcome to your boundary setting podcast. Welcome. It's time for Soul Glow. You ready to let your soul glow? Let's go. What 
is Soul Glow. Soul Glow is a segment where we talk about things that have our souls glowing and beaming or things that we would like to do, accomplish, or attempt to have our souls glowing and gleaming. It is basically a check-in with our soul. It's asking us how our soul is doing and what are we doing, holding ourselves accountable to what we're doing or need to do to have our soul glow. So for me, my soul is glowing. Why? Because between episode one and two, I realized how far I've come in my abandonment issues. Woohoo! When all the baggage is just not as heavy as it used to be. I don't know about y'all, but my designer baggage, I have designer baggage. My baggage is Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Yves Saint Laurent, all that stuff, all that, all that, all that expensive stuff. Yeah. My baggage is designer. And what do I mean by that? I mean that internally I am filled with things just like many of us, many issues, many things that hold us down, put a block to our greatness. But on the outside, I'm fly as fuck. (laughs) I'm fly as hell, right? That's what I mean about designer luggage. You can't really see it unless I tell you. Um, And if you can see it, I mask it well. You know, this face is beat. These eyebrows are arched. This hair is always laid. You know, I'm kind of fly in my own opinion. I get funky fresh. My cocky fresh is there. You're going to see me whether I'm in sweats or sneakers or heels and a dress. I like to present myself externally um, as someone who takes pride in her appearance. So a lot of my baggage is designer and masked in Mac Ruby Woo. Mm-hmm. Masked, masked in some fashion over. <laughs> You know, so my my designer luggage is getting lighter. My Louis Vuitton duffel is getting lighter because I realize that my abandonment issue bag is no longer as heavy as it was. I now skip over that bag when it used to trip me up. My abandonment issues had me stuck. I could not do anything alone. Mm -hmm. If you've ever been abandoned emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, you understand what I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you been abandoned? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you been left? Have you been left in any way? Have you been cast off? Having been deserted or cast off is the definition of abandoned. Have you ever been deserted? Have you ever felt cast away? Me, my abandonment issue started with my dad. My dad left me. Mm -hmm. He left me emotionally. He left me physically and he left me financially. So I grew up as someone who always felt that they had to cling on to people. I never even really went anywhere by myself. You know, shout out to my girl squad. I've always had friends. I've had the same friends since seventh uh, and ninth grade. And some have come along in between then. But my circle is tight. And we've been riding for a while. I wouldn't even go get a mani and pedicure by myself at one point. I always had to have an attachment with me and I didn't know what that was. I thought, hey, we just friends or you my boyfriend or you my sister or you my whatever. We supposed to be riding together today. I didn't know that today meant every day because I felt abandoned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know that I could not be alone with the sounds and the voices in my own head. I did not know. I didn't know. I just thought I like being with people and I don't like being by myself. And what's wrong with that? Well, let me tell you what's wrong with that. Because if you can't enjoy your own company, if you can't honor what is going on in your head, if you can't listen to those voices, if you can't let them speak, that's a problem. And I didn't know that I had a problem. And I used to always just assume that if we got along, mm, 
If you loved me, if, 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 if was a fifth, I'd be drunk. <laughs> if we had something, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't allow it to not be because I needed someone by my side. I didn't allow it not to separate. Because again, if you love me, if we work well together, I needed not to mess that up because I was held captive by my abandonment issues. Abandonment told me that if it was good, you do nothing to let them abandon you. You don't mess it up. You hold them tight. You choke them for dear life. Emotionally, you choke hold them. You keep them. You cannot be alone. You cannot be alone. You can't be by yourself because then you're forcing the abandonment. Then you're the reason you're abandoned. So hold on to that friendship. Hold on to that business partnership. And when I started, I said no. I told my abandonment issues. The buck stops here. I've been working on it personally, but I haven't been working on it professionally. And being a part of a fantastic team, it allowed me to allow that professional abandonment fear to fester. Because if I go out on my own, I'll abandon someone else. And I can't abandon Lauren. I can't abandon our soul family. I can't abandon Not Your Mama's podcast. Because I can't be the abandoner. Because I, I've been abandoned. I'm the abandonee. I know how that feels. And then in turn, what will that make me? How will that view to other people? How will people see me? How, how, how will I feel? Will I be the abandoner or abandonee or both? Guess what? Today's a new day. I'm not that person anymore. When you realize that all that baggage is not as heavy, heavy, when you stop overanalyzing and stop overthinking and stop letting anxiety tell you what is a lie. Because anxiety, as I have said before, my beautiful soul unicorns, anxiety is not interested in the specification of your greatness. Depression is not interested in the specification of your greatness. It is only interested in tearing you down and finding people to co-sign all the negative things that you believe about yourself. I am no longer, longer interested in having a co-signer for my abandonment issues. I am no longer interested in allowing my abandonment issues to hold me back, to hold you emotionally hostage, to hold my friendships and my partnerships hostage. I am no longer fearful that I will abandon or be abandoned, thus be cracking this microphone. So when I say my soul is glowing, mm, when I say that soul glow is here, I mean it because my abandonment issues are not guiding me. My abandonment issues are no longer my GPS, my guided personal source anymore. I said no to my abandonment issues. So if you suffer from abandonment issues, know that you're not alone. Most of us have abandonment issues because we have suffered a loss from childhood. Most of our traumas, people, most of our traumas are childhood traumas. If you have been through a divorce, if you lost a parent, if you experienced death, if you have experienced a breakup, if a family member stopped speaking to you or your parent and you, you, much like me, felt the ramifications of that, if a friend moved away, if you had to move around a lot, if a pet died, there are many ways to take on abandonment. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. 
you are not alone. I am here with you. I am here with you as your guide, your human GPS to freedom. We can create a freedom plan just for you. You need to know that you do not have to cling on to anybody. You need to know that there are ways to cope. You need to know that abandonment anxiety is real. You need to know that people with abandonment and anxiety have two insecurity attachments. We, we are fearful. We're characterizing things. We, 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 we want someone never to leave us. We want to hold on. Or, or it manifests where we're always leaving first. We're always self-sabotaging because before you abandon me, honey, I will abandon you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will leave you. You won't get to leave me first. So even if it's good, I fear that it will eventually be bad. So I am running. I'm a runner. I'm a runner. I'm a self-sabotager. I'm a pick this argument. I'm a pick this fight. I'm a quit this job. I'm a break this off. Because before you do it to me, before you reopen that wound, before you do it, I will be in control of the bleeding this time. Seek help. You can manage your abandonment. And in some cases, you can heal it. I encourage you to say no to your abandonment issues. So glow. How's your adult eyes doing? Mm-hmm. What can you see with your adult eyes that you couldn't see? with your younger eyes. For me, it was Forrest Gump. I happen to believe you make your own destiny. You have to do the best with what God gave you. What's my destiny, Mom? You're gonna have to figure that out for yourself. Life is a box of chocolates, Forrest. You never know what you're gonna get. Mama always had a way of explaining things so I could understand them. I will miss you, Forrest. She had got the cancer and died on a Tuesday. I bought her a new hat with little flowers on it. And that's all I have to say about that. One of my favorite, I mean favorite, who does not love Forrest Gump? If you don't like Forrest Gump, we got to talk. Mm -hmm. We need to have a conversation. Book your coaching conversation with me now. <laughs> because I need to know what is it about Tom Hanks acting his petunia off that turns you off. I, I can't. <sighs> this man changed my life with Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is one of the best movies, hands down, in my opinion. Debate me on this. Debate me on this. In 1994... In 1994, a movie was released over three hours long, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. A movie was released about a disadvantaged man. Mm -hmm. He was. He was what we like to disrespectfully call slow. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what his real ailment is, what part of the, what, what, what part of the spectrum Forrest Gump was, but he was underestimated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had braces on his legs. He was born into a single-parent household in the South by his fantastic mother, played by the immaculate Sally Field. Okay? Sally Field. Do I, do I need to say more? Sally Field. Okay? He... <sighs> Forrest never waved in his beliefs. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
Mm-mm. As much as he was picked on and bullied and underestimated, this man, this boy, excuse me, before he was a man, this boy stood tall in his convictions. People called him stupid. People called him dumb. But people didn't realize how smart he was because people fear what they do not understand. Oh, my. People fear what they did not understand. He didn't look and talk and walk and act like everybody else. So he was underestimated and counted out automatically. That's a sad thing that we do. We automatically discount people and their brilliance because they're, they don't look like us and they don't act like us and they're different. You're different in every way imaginable. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. He adored his mama. <laughs> he adored his mama. That man jumped off a fishing boat, swam to shore when he got a call that his mama was sick. And ran, run, Forrest, run. That man ran home. I could tear up thinking about it now. To be by his mama's side. He understood loyalty. I learned so many lessons from Forrest Gump. And I rewatch it every time it comes on. And I recently, I think last night I watched it again. And I sat down and said, let me take inventory of all the lessons that I learned that I didn't get in 1994 when I was 14 and watched it for the first time and since then I've watched it at least 500 times and I get something new from it with my adult eyes every single time the loyalty that this man exuded was something that it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen he kept his word he kept his word do you remember You remember him keeping his word to Bubba, Bubba Gump Shrimp, Creole Shrimp, Shrimp Scampy. I mean, they went down the fried shrimp, sauteed shrimp, gumbo. They went down the line in combat, in war. Mm -hmm. They went down the line and talked about all the possibilities that they could come up with for a shrimping business. And Bubba died in his arms. Mm-hmm. He sure did. His friend in combat died in his arms and he made a promise to him that he would take their business plan and execute it. And not only would he do that, he would make sure that his family got his end of the bargain, his profits from Bubba Gum Shrimp. Mm-hmm. And he did just that. He was a man of his word. How many of you are people of your word? How many of you understand the statement that we've grown up here and your word is your bond is your word your bond shoot for Forrest his word was his bond okay not only what he did for Bubba but can we go can we talk about Lieutenant Lieutenant Dan Lieutenant Dan can we talk about Lieutenant Dan Lieutenant Dan was angry he had no choice because on the battlefield as a lieutenant he had no time for emotion he had no time for for compassion Okay, this was the Vietnam War. There was no advanced weaponry. Okay, there was a bubble vest and barely a helmet. This lieutenant was in charge of his soldiers. He had no time to like and find joy. He was on the front lines every day with the lives of his men in his hands. And you know what he did? He took that energy home when they blasted his legs off and Forrest saved him. He wanted to die. 
He didn't ask to be saved. He was mad at the world. He was mad at God. And he damn sure was mad at Forrest. But Forrest told him when they were healing, Forrest said, you can come be my shrimp boat, Captain Lieutenant Dan. Mm-hmm. That's what he promised him. And Lieutenant Dan got himself together. And he came and he showed up and he said, listen, I ain't got nothing left. You said I could be a shrimp boat captain. What's good? And because Forrest was a man of his word, Forrest said, absolutely, come on down. Even with this ornery, nasty, smelly attitude that this man carried internally and externally, he kept his word. And then one day, one day, mm -hmm, one day, Lieutenant Dan said, Forrest, I never thanked you for saving my life. Did you notice that through that whole movie, Forrest did nothing, nothing because he was expecting a thank you or anything in return? Mm, mm, mm. Did you understand that this man was constantly blessed? Not because he only did not expect anything in return. He did everything out of the kindness of his heart. He did not do business deals because there was a difference between an act of kindness and a business deal, right? When I loan you money, that is a business deal because I'm expecting something in return. I'm expecting reciprocity. When I act out of kindness, I'm not doing it because I want anything back. I'm doing it out of the kindness of my heart. There was not one business deal made via Forrest Gump. Even when business such as Bubba Gump was on the table, he was doing it out of the kindness of his heart. There was a difference between business deals and acts of kindness. So when he was acting out of kindness in everything he did, he expected nothing in return verbally, financially, or physically. So when Lieutenant Dan told him thank you, it was well. It was already well if he never said it, if he never made his, made his peace with God. Or Forrest... Forrest spoke things into existence with confidence, with fervor, okay? Okay? Forrest never wavered on what he believed. He said, I'm going to open up a shrimp and boat company. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a ping pong champion. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a war hero. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play football. That's what I'm going to do. There was never any hesitancy. <laughs> I'm getting hype here. He never hesitated. He never hesitated, even with all the limitations that he had or that people put on him. He never hesitated. He didn't even think. He didn't bat an eyelash. I said I'm going to do it. I said what I said. I'm creating a boundary between me and limitations. He said no to what everybody said he couldn't do so that he can say yes to everything that he wanted to do. Hello, boundaries. Hello, Uncle Forrest. Hello, Forrest. He spoke things into existence. He did what he wanted to do. He acted out of love and kindness. And the greatest love of all mm, was his love for Jenny. 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 Jenny speaks to my opening. Jenny speaks to what I wanted to really get to today. Yes. Yes. Jenny speaks to being worthy of love even when you don't know how to receive it or reciprocate it. Jenny was broken. Jenny was damaged. Jenny was a child being sexually and emotionally and physically violated on a daily basis. Did you catch that in 1994? Did you catch that Jenny was being sexually abused by her father? Did you understand Jenny's damage? Or did you put Jenny in a box like everybody else and simply said, oh, she just playing for us, F her? Did you dismiss Jenny? Or did you understand that Jenny was bred in pain and dysfunction? Did you know that Jenny couldn't love herself? But did you know 
that just because Jenny didn't love herself does not mean that she wasn't worthy of being loved because Jenny's love just like yours is Jenny being loved just like yours is her birthright her birthright Flora showed her her birthright love is a a position of privilege that you don't have to earn you are worthy of being loved period period that being said, self-love, of course, is the absolute best love. And it is necessary to acknowledge and understand and fully receive and reciprocate love to and from others. However, know that you are capable of doing so even though you feel like you can't now. But you need to understand that even when you can't, and if you don't know how to love yourself such as Jenny, your forest can love you anyway. Forrest loved her unconditionally past her pain, even if he didn't understand her pain. And she had a lot of pain. And her pain, yes, at times caused him pain because she abandoned him often because she didn't know any better. But he still loved her. He still showed her agape love. That Jesus love, that unconditional love you pass through, around, under, with your pain because I am here to demonstrate your birthright. There are people in your life who love you unconditionally. And even if they love you conditionally, there are some people in your life who are loving you more than you love yourselves. There are people who love you despite you being unable to reciprocate it, despite you being unable to show it back to them or to yourself. Let Forrest Gump be a lesson to you that you are worthy in spite of your damage, in spite of your fears, in spite of your traumas. You are worthy of Forrest Gump type of love. You are worthy. If you are Jenny, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, Jenny. It's okay. Your Forrest can manifest in a friend, a lover, a teacher, an educator, a stranger in the street, a pet, your child. Your forest doesn't have to be romantic. Yes, your forest can be a neighbor. Your forest can be an associate. Your forest can be anyone who reminds you that your birthright is love. My adult eyes, my adult eyes see things differently. And my adult eyes said, hey, forest. Hey, forest, come. Thank you for the life lessons. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for allowing me to see you through adult eyes. Thank you for being a vessel of existence speaking, of loyalty, of honor, of truth, of being a no man, of execution, of taking action, of believing in yourself, of loving others, of expecting nothing in return, of being a vessel, being a man and a person of your word. Honoring your parents. What do your adult eyes see when you watch Forrest Gump? Tell me. Hello, my name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. As we close out this episode, we are going to say no together. We're going to set a healthy boundary today. Mm -hmm. We are going to set a boundary that says no to believing that we are not lovable. Mm -hmm. We're going to set that boundary that says we are not worthy of love because we have yet to discover the love for ourselves. We're going to tell that no. We're going to tell that that thought, that mindset no. Let's say no. 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 No, you don't get to tell me. You don't get to tell me. 
that I'm not worthy. You don't get to tell me that love's not my birthright. You don't get to tell me because I'm working on myself that I'm not entitled to being loved fully, wholly, and beautifully. You don't get to tell me that. You do not get to tell me self-doubt. You don't get to tell me anxiety. You don't get to tell me depression. You don't get to tell me trauma. You don't get the permission to tell me. I'm telling you, no, no, sir, no, ma'am. No, sir, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, sir. You don't get to tell me that I am not worthy because I am worthy. I say no to the notion, to the mindset that love is not for me because I say yes to being open to learning how to love myself, to learning how to receive this abundance of love from others and learning how to give it back to others. I'm learning my love language. I'm learning all love languages. I'm learning how to be love, give love, receive love. I am love. I give love. I receive love. I say no to anything that tells me otherwise. Oh, hell no. While you're here, know that we're going to work on more than just saying no. We are going to work on understanding how to receive a no. It's one thing to be able to flex your no muscle and tell someone no. But what happens when you're on the other end of the no? What happens when you have a visceral reaction to someone telling you no? What happens when you're the one that needs the boundary set on you and your actions? What happens when you tell someone no and they lash out? Let me tell you one thing I've learned. Most of the time, the person who reacts the roughest, the toughest, the hardest, and takes it the hardest or the worst is the person who benefited from you not having boundaries in place in the first place. Let, let me slow that down. Let me, let me make some more sense of this. When someone is extremely resistant, angry, upset, that you are now telling them no. Okay, follow me. Yes, change is hard. Change management is necessary. I work with people on change management because change is difficult and change is a component. But it's not only about change. The people who benefit from you not having boundaries, the people who benefit the most from you always saying yes are the people who will hate and act out the most when you start to say no. Is that you? How do you act when you are told no? How do you act when a boundary is in place? This is not just about telling people no. This is about learning how to receive no's. This is about receiving healthy and respecting healthy boundaries. This is about communicating, being a communicative source, understanding that other people's needs may not be your own, just like your needs may not be their own. This is not just about saying no. This is about receiving your no's, honoring the no's, communicating through the no's, Asking the right questions, saying, I understand. And even if I don't, I know that just because I don't understand does not mean that I cannot comply. Because if what you need is this in order for us to continue, how can I not respect that? And if it is something I genuinely cannot respect, that is fine. I am fine with not continuing this relationship with you. This is not just about saying no. Here on I Said No, you also learn, you will also learn, you will also learn how to receive a no. Hey, beautiful soul. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of I Said No. If you would like to sponsor an episode of I Said No, or if you would like to advertise your product or service on an episode of I Said No, holla at me at CoachStephanie at BLCNY.org. That is C-O-A-C-H-S-T-E-N. 
F-A-N-I-E at B-L-C-N-Y dot org. I look forward to hearing from you.